feeling was due to his unusually acute sensibilities, his keen sense of the beautiful, which these hideous things outraged. Whatever may have been the cause, he could not look upon a dead body without a loathing which had in it an element of resentment. What others have respected as the dignity of death had to him no existence, was altogether unthinkable. Death was a thing to be hated. It was not picturesque. It had no tender and solemn side, a dismal thing, hideous in all its manifestations and suggestions. Lieutenant Byring was a braver man than anybody knew, for nobody knew his horror of that which he was ever ready to encounter. Having posted his men, instructed his sergeants, and retired to his station, he seated himself on a log, and with senses all alert began his vigil. For greater ease he loosened his sword-belt, and, taking his heavy revolver from his holster, lay it on the log beside him. He felt very comfortable, though he hardly gave the fact a thought, so intently did he listen for any sound from the front which might have a menacing significance, a shout, a shot, or the footfall of one of his sergeants coming to apprise him of something worth knowing. From the vast, invisible ocean of moonlight overhead fell, here and there, a slender broken stream that seemed to plash against the intercepting branches and trickle to earth, forming small white pools among the clumps of laurel. But these leaks were few, and served only to accentuate the blackness of his environment, which his imagination found it easy to people with all manner of unfamiliar shapes, menacing, uncanny, or merely grotesque. He to whom the portentous conspiracy of night and solitude and silence in the heart of a great forest is not an unknown experience needs not to be told what another world it all is, how even the most commonplace and familiar objects take on another character. The trees group themselves differently. They draw closer together as if in fear. The very silence has another quality than the silence of the day, and it is full of half-heard whispers, whispers that startle, ghosts of sounds long dead. There are living sounds, too, such as are never heard under other conditions, notes of strange night-birds, the cries of small animals in sudden encounters with stealthy foes, or in their dreams a rustling of the dead leaves. It may be the leap of a wood-rat, it may be the footsteps of a panther. What caused the breaking of that twig? What the low, alarmed twittering in that bushful of birds? There are sounds without a name, forms without substance, translations in space of objects which have not been seen to move, movements wherein nothing is observed to change its place. Ah, children of the sunlight and the gaslight, how little you know of the world in which you live. Surrounded at a little distance by armed and watchful friends, Byring felt utterly alone. Yielding himself to the solemn and mysterious spirit of the time and place, he had forgotten the nature of his connection with the visible and audible aspects and phases of the night. The forest was boundless. Men and the habitations of men did not exist. The universe was one primeval mystery of darkness, without form and void, himself the sole dumb questioner of its eternal secret. Absorbed in the thoughts born of this mood, he suffered the time to slip away unnoted. Meantime, the infrequent patches of white light lying amongst the undergrowth had undergone changes of size, form, 
and a place. In one of them nearby, just at the roadside, his eye fell upon an object which he had not previously observed. It was almost before his face as he sat. He could have sworn that it had not before been there. It was partly covered in shadow, but he could see that it was a human figure. Instinctively he adjusted the clasp of his sword belt and laid hold of his pistol. Again he was in a world of war, by occupation an assassin. The figure did not move. Rising, pistol in hand, he approached. The figure lay upon its back, its upper part in shadow, but standing above it and looking down upon the face he saw that it was a dead body. He shuddered and turned from it with a feeling of sickness and disgust, resumed his seat upon the log, and forgetting military prudence struck a match and lit a cigar. In the sudden blackness that followed...